Hey everyone, welcome to Be The Change. My name is Lily Mott, and today I'm going to be talking about how change comes with persistence. So I'm filming this without knowing election results. So this episode is going to be kind of a 180 from all of that chaos right now. Eli Sampson is a Filipino American who recently came out and he's one of my best friends at Washington and Lee University where we were both sophomores this year. The majority of Washington and Lee's student body is white, wealthy Southerners, and it's more conservative than most liberal arts schools. With two marginalized identities, you may be wondering if Eli fits in on our campus. And the overwhelming answer is yes. Eli is the social chair of his fraternity, a peer counselor for first-year students, a community service leader, and a great student, among other things, on our campus. I asked Eli to tell me about his experience coming out to his friends and family. He started off by telling me about the first time he came out to his parents. So I actually came out to my parents twice because the first time was just really, really bad. Like, well, I'm not sure if it was bad or just like we just didn't talk about it, but it was um, winter break of sophomore year in high school. And by that time, you know, I was already driving, like I was already, you know, like um, not experimenting, but kind of like cognizant of, you know, my um, sexuality or like newly cognizant because when you're 16, you like you don't really know. It was winter break and my family and I always go to Mexico for Christmas. So we were eating dinner in Mexico on Christmas Eve and... Um, I just had the sudden urge to tell my parents. So literally in the middle of dinner, like we're eating octopus or something. And I was like, hey, mom, dad, like I need to tell you something. And like, I just told them. And like, we talked about it for like a few hours. And then I thought everything was okay. But then like the day after we got home to Houston, they took me to the pediatrician because like I was a swimmer so I was like okay it's just like a physical because I was still you know in athletic season during that time and like it was a regular checkup it was a regular physical and then like my parents get out of the room and my pediatrician comes in and he just says like oh your parents told me that like you think that you might be gay like I have a list of these therapists and you can choose from one of them and like in that moment I was like well like I didn't really want them to tell anyone like I was still working through it myself and you know tried to see a few therapists but like I was I felt like I didn't need it because I felt like I was a pretty I hate to use this word but like I was like normal I wasn't like having you know any like mental stress or like anxiety as a as because of this you know effort to understand my sexuality um which I but I know that you know like the LGBT community suffers a lot from, you know, mental disorders and stuff like that because of not being fully able to express themselves. But I, I didn't have that. It was such like a like a breach of trust between me and my parents, which is something that like has taken a lot of time to heal and like something that I'm still working on with them today. Because, I mean, I think in that moment, like I stopped like after that moment, I, I just stopped telling them like what was going on in my life because I, I felt like they would not keep it confidential, which is, 
something I think is really, really important, especially when you have a child that, you know, is dealing with something as big as, you know, kind of discovering their identity and finding out how they want to express themselves and how they want to live their lives. Eli was actually in quarantine for coronavirus on Saturday, October 10th. That day, he had a huge internship interview, and then his weekly conversation with his parents, where he was going to come out to them again. I asked Eli to tell me about that day, and he shared these memories with me. Ooh, so like that Saturday was, you know, just a whirlwind of emotions. I did my in, my first round interview, like super ready, prepared, excited for that. I literally like dreaded like until like 6 p.m. when I like I had scheduled to call them. And so I called them and I was like, yeah, so national coming out day is tomorrow and I think I'm going to make an Instagram post. And they're like, okay. And like that was that. Like it was it wasn't a huge deal. They, you know, accepted me. Well, it, they didn't just say okay. Of course they were all they were like, "We love you no matter who you are" sort of thing, but like it it wasn't a big deal. And to be completely honest, like I really appreciate that because I feel like I can talk to them about everything again and it it's honestly really comforting to know that like my parents accept me for who I am and my family accepts me for who I am. Like it was actually really funny. Like I told them like that night and then a few hours later they got my brother to play the guitar and sing that song from the Muppets. Uh what is it? What is it called? It's like why are there so many songs about rainbows? What's on the other side? And I was like, wow, y'all are really overreacting. But like, I was like, you really made my little brother like get bust out the guitar and sing this for me at like 1 a.m. Oh, it was just really, really funny. It was like comedic, like how much they supported me. But like it made me so happy. So much pressure was just relieved off of my shoulders, you know. It's definitely easier, I would say, because I don't have to hide anything anymore. And that's, and it's all thanks, you know, October 10th, 2020, when I made the decision to, you know, just say fuck it and just be myself. Because that's literally just what you have to do. So, Eli mentioned that Instagram post that he created for National Coming Out Day. His post is so inspiring. And it is so authentically Eli. I figured, why would I tell people about the post when I could have him read it to you himself? So, here is Eli sharing his Instagram caption. I think I began to understand some of the feelings I felt towards boys around sophomore year of high school. I was told something was wrong with me. My parents, who fully support me now, sent me to a therapist and there were a slew of other invasive conversations. For the longest time, I just wanted to be normal, quote unquote, so I put on a mask of the confident, social, and flawless person who I wanted to be. I've finally chosen to take the mask off. After 3am hookups and gains and glees, failed escapades into the LGBT online dating sphere, and countless crushes on any guy who gives me the slightest crumb of attention, I feel stuck. I'm knee-deep in exasperation. Nothing is working, nothing new is happening, nothing is coming into my lap as easily as it does with many of the people I know. Especially at WNL, where we're blinded by our traditions and our obsession with social status, being gay is hard. You'd be surprised to know just how many closeted frat boys there are on Tinder. 
I guess what I'm trying to say is that I just want to be able to bring another guy to formal, to fancy dress, or as a date to a cocktail party without being afraid of what people will say. This isn't supposed to read like a vindictive tirade against myself or the oppressive heteronormativity at WNL, although I do think that it's a very real problem. I just want to be honest with the world about Eli. Not Eli, I mean the real him in all of his entirety. I finally accepted that this is who I am. This is how I'm going to live my life to what I believe is the fullest. I shouldn't be scared to be me. So what happens now? I don't really know, but that's the beauty of it. In the words of my dad and many of the other ancient gurus whose obscure manuscripts he's always reading, live in the moment. It's taken me years to fully come to terms with who I really am, and if I have one piece of advice to anyone still in the closet or questioning their identity, I'd say be your authentic self. Date whoever you want to date, love whoever you want to love, be free while we're still young. You're worth it no matter who you are. Eli's post received 190 comments from his friends, and they were overwhelmingly supportive. I asked Eli to tell me about the feedback he received and how he felt after sharing it. I got like an overwhelming amount of support, which I was actually very surprised to receive because, you know, I had run like simulations in my mind of, you know, the outcomes of my actions for like doing this, especially, you know, within the context of WNL and I mean, to any WNL student who's listening to this, you you know, you know the general sentiment on campus. So I was very surprised to receive that amount of support. You know, as far as reactions go, everyone was positive. My close friends who I didn't tell before I posted, because I think I only told maybe two or three people that I was going to do a coming out post. Just lots of love and support. I think I was in quarantine in Baker at this time, and like I had people like stop by my window and like tell me like how good it was. And I honestly think like it shows like how WNL can be. It's not there right now, but I feel like if more people who identify as LGBT on WNL's campus kind of make their presence known and like so that, you know, a regular WNL student can see that your sexuality like literally doesn't affect what you can do, I think that would be like amazing because, you know, WNL's community, especially socially, is very stratified. People often forget that they have friends that, you know, could have marginalized identities that are not visible on the surface. But I guarantee that every single WNL student, no matter if, you know, they're on the lacrosse team or the swim team or like in theater, they probably have a, f- a close friend who, you know, is going through what I did. About 75% of Washington elite students participate in Greek organizations, which is an inherently exclusive system. Eli has two marginalized identities and is a proud member of the Lambda Chi Alpha fraternity. I asked Eli to talk about why he chose to join a fraternity last year, and this is what he told me. So I'm from Texas, so I knew what a fraternity was. You know, I had seen some of the alumni from my high school go on um, and join Greek life, and I, you know, I would look at their Instagram posts and be like, okay. This may not be, you know, the environment for me, you know, socially or, you know, academically, because I've always, I mean, okay, I mean, I think it's really important to point out the stereotypes of Greek life, especially on the men's side. Fraternities are just glorified drinking clubs, you know, and they don't do any homework and like they're stupid and all they care about is like having sex and stuff like that. 
And when I came to WNL and, you know, informal rush, you know, during um, fall semester of our first year, I had a few upperclassmen connections through the Bonner program. And, you know, I love to have a good night out. So uh, I'd go to different places, you know, Friday, Saturday, just get the vibe. I realized maybe halfway through the semester that I did want to, you know, go through with a Greek organization. And honestly, like, the thought of, like, me being gay in a Greek organization didn't really cross my mind until I had already gotten a bid. Because, you know, for Guys Rush, it's very informal. It's very, like, oh, if we like you, like, we'll give you a bid. You know, I was able to, you know, look at multiple places and eventually decide on the organization that I wanted to be a member of. And I, it, it didn't really like, cross my mind until, like, I actually had already received a formal offer to join the organization where I was like, oh, wait, wait, should I, I should probably, like, tell them that, like, this is part of me. I feel like it's more often easier to express myself with girls. So, like, and obviously there weren't many girls involved in the guys' rush process. So it was just something that never came up. But I remember, like, after, after bid night, I was Googling, like, being gay in a fraternity. <laughs> and, like, there's, like, this Reddit thread that you can find where it's just, like, a bunch of, like, different guys who became members of Greek organizations who talk about their experience, you know, being gay, like, in the closet or, you know, like, fully out. And I read them. And I was like, okay, I feel like I, feel like I can do this. And, you know, but then I didn't really come out to my fraternity until like uh, maybe this summer during uh, the Greek Life Town Hall and during some of our chapter meetings where we were talking about kind of diversity and inclusion within our own organization. Eli mentioned participating in Greek town halls hosted by WNL over the summer, and Eli chooses to be a part of those discussions about diversity and inclusion. He advocates for his marginalized identities because he hopes to see more racial diversity in Greek life in the future. I asked Eli what impact he hopes to make on the system by being a part of it, and he shared his insight with me. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not controversial, but a lot of people don't like it when I say you can't change a system from the outside. I mean, it's a personal belief, it's a personal opinion, but... I really struggle to understand how someone can change a system on our campus if they're not part of it. And oftentimes, you know, it's the most vocal people who are against the system that are also trying to reform it. I don't want to be rude, but like some of the people who are trying to, you know, work for diversity and inclusion on this campus, for people who have marginalized identities like, you know, me and, you know, a few of the friends that I know who are part of the system, it kind of diminishes our identities and makes us feel guilty for being interested in the stuff we, we are interested in and being involved in the things we're in. And, like, I'm totally not trying to, like, minimize their accomplishments for diversity and inclusion on our campus, but I really feel like you should ask the people who are marginalized themselves in the system what they like about it what they don't like about it what they because they're the ones who are most familiar with how it works it's difficult for eli to have to discuss his race and sexuality with straight white students on this campus who are curious but who will never fully understand his perspective i asked eli if at any point in his life he's had regrets about coming to washington lee about his decision to come out or about his decision to join a fraternity and this was his answer. I am a big 
proponent of everything happens for a reason. So all the experiences I've had so far at WNL and, you know, just college in general, Greek life, you know, service organizations, like classes, I I really it's really given me some character development, <laughs> you know. Like <laughs> Oh, I'm laughing, but um it's been good. It's been really, really good. I wouldn't trade it for anything else. Like like I think my time at WNL, my time in a fraternity, my time on a you know, a predominantly white and wealthy campus has taught me a lot about myself and about the kinds of people that I want to spend time with. Because, you know, it's very easy to, you know, just get lost in the party scene. And, you know, I think it's just taught me a lot about the world, too. Obviously, like, I feel very thankful, you know, because I I really, really enjoy my classes. I love the people who whom I've met. Is it who? Or, I don't know. Um, um, and like, I, I love my close friends. I love living at the house. I love the classes I'm taking. I love WNL. The one thing that I will be completely brutally honest about is that if you're LGBT at WNL, you're not going to really have a love life. So like, that's the one thing I'm lacking right now. But um, I think it's, you know, to quote myself from earlier, it's just more character development. I know you know, I may not find someone for me at WNL, but I think it just teaches me all the more about what I want and the type of person I want. I admire Eli for his bravery and his authenticity, even when he's had a rough day and doubts himself. However, it took a process and a support network to get Eli where he is today. I asked him if he had any advice to share with members of the LGBTQ community who may be struggling to come out or to come to terms with their identity. And I wanted to share his words of wisdom with you now. For me, it was definitely like a cultural fear. I was never really involved in, you know, the immigrant culture, but the values were still there. So like, I don't speak my parents' language. I mean, my parents' mother language. I'm not really involved in the diasporic community, but the values of a traditional Filipino home were still present. And that's why I was kind of scared, you know, that kind of conservatism. And like for a lot of people of color who are also questioning their sexuality, this is something that they have to deal with too. Like something in Houston, which is much, much, much more diverse than WNL. You know, I have, I've had, you know, friends of color who have immigrant parents who, you know, are questioning their sexuality, but literally have to hide it more than I did because of, you know, the different cultural values of, you know, their families and which honestly like sucks. Cause like if you're depending on someone to pay for your college education and then like you do something and then they like remove that, that's, tough and that's difficult so it's almost like you have to live a dual life like you know exploring your sexuality on a college campus and then coming back and then having to conform to those traditional values and like a piece of advice to people of color or you know uh, uh, people of color who maybe also be LGBT is I think your identity is definitely valid yes your identity is valid and like you should have the right to you know express yourself 100 percent because that's something so deep and something so core to your identity 
if you can't express it right now because of you know a dangerous situation that sucks but you're just know that you're valid and you have people who support you even if they don't know you so that's what i would say so after hearing that great advice i had to ask eli my favorite question what advice do you most want to share with young people who want to make a difference in this country and this was his advice i think the number one thing is persistence it's very very easy to give up so for in my case it's very easy to just disaffiliate it's very easy to just transfer to another school but like if if i transferred to i don't know harvard and dropped my greek organization and you know just packed my bags and left to go to another school there wouldn't be like someone who you know is doing the lambda diversity trainings or someone talking to their residents on their hall like through peer counseling like oh you're struggling with a certain issue that i struggled with like let me give you some support and i think that's that's just extremely important because like it sucks that the responsibility falls on us sometimes and like it sucks like literally some people have to do the work of diversity trainers like in college they just want to be regular students but like to me disaffiliating and you know transferring are just giving up and you know i think it just speaks to persistence like your identities are valid your experiences are valid and to be completely honest like i believe that you know we kind of have a responsibility to educate our friends and our peers and our classmates and even sometimes our professors about what it means to have them because you know white straight people like sometimes they just don't understand and you know it, it's from that place of ignorance where some really bad things can happen and i feel like if you talk to your friends who you know are part of the majority about you know the things you really really care about like it doesn't matter if it's like racism sexism homophobia like whatever big button issue it is they won't learn about it unless you tell them and i know that sucks and that they should be able to educate themselves but like that's just how the world works and you know you've got to deal with the cards you're dealt with and you know you can't change the rules until you win the game so that's kind of what i'd say you can't change the rules until you win the game i absolutely loved that quote because i think it speaks to the motivation of this podcast people around the world are putting in the effort learning the rules playing the game finally winning and then they are changing the rules to empower others like them eli feels like it is his duty to make a change for future students like him because somebody has to do the work and change comes with persistence thank you so much for listening to this episode and you can follow eli samson on instagram at eli underscore samson to message him if you want to talk about anything he discussed if you want to talk about anything I mentioned, please reach out to me by email at lily at bethechangepodcast.org or on Instagram at bethechangepodcast. Tune in for my next episode, but until then, be the change you wish to see in the world. Bye, guys.